Welcome to today's news headlines from the Scottish Radio News team. I'm Alistair Connell. The cast of Still Game are heading to Aberdeen next month for an evening that promises to be a hilarious night out. Scotland's favourite sitcom stars are touring the country for a night of laughs, all while giving the chance to ask fans of the comedy series anything that they've ever wanted to know. From Tam and Winston to Isa and Navid, a host of the show's characters, will be stepping out on stage at the Music Hall on Sunday, March the 24th for their show Old Pals, an evening with the cast of still game. The Scottish Government could ban single-use vapes by the 1st of April next year. Proposed new rules have been put forward and they come after Scotland agreed with England and Wales that disposable e-cigarettes should be banned. It follows a UK-wide consultation which suggested this would help everybody stop smoking. Everyone can give their thoughts on the suggested law up until March the 8th, 2024, before final decisions are made in Scotland. The King was left tickled pink by a well-wisher's card showing a disgruntled dog recovering from medical treatment and telling him, at least you don't have to wear a cone. Charles has been pictured looking through some of the 7,000 messages of support that Buckingham Palace's correspondence team have received from right around the world since his cancer diagnosis. Many share their own experiences of cancer or offer their good wishes and advice for a speedy recovery. With one adult well-wisher telling the King, King, chin up, chest out, remain positive and don't don't let it get you down. Trust me, it works, but the main thing is family. The likes of Spain, Greece and other parts of Europe are a big hit with British holidaymakers and have been for many decades. The lure of a cheap and short flight to sunnier weather makes them a winner for many people. But it could be about to get a bit more complicated due to new EU rules that are on the way. It's been reported that the EU is set to introduce two new schemes that will impact Brits. Under the changes, all non-EU citizens travelling to most EU countries could be denied entry if the proper processes are not carried out ahead of a trip. The first big change is the EU entry-exit system. This is an automated system for registering travellers from the UK and other non-EU countries every time they cross an EU external border. The scheme, planned for later this year, will mean that tourists must scan their passports at an automated self-service kiosk before crossing the border. This will replace the current system brought in after Brexit of manually stamping passports, which has caused queues at many airports and ferry terminals since the UK left the EU. The new scanners will register the person's name, type of travel document, biometric data such as fingerprints and facial image, plus the date and place of entry and exit. Currently, Brits can only stay in the Schengen area for up to 90 days within any 180 days. This is enforced by border staff checking passport stamps. For longer stays, people from outside the EU and non-Shenzhen countries need to apply for a visa. That's your cop. More news in an hour. Merns FM weather with Ace Competitions. And now the weather for the Grampian area. Sunday will be another chilly but dry day with prolonged clear and sunny spells. Temperatures will be similar to Saturday as winds remain light with a maximum temperature of 7 degrees Celsius. The outlook for Monday to Wednesday will Monday will be largely dry and bright after a few early showers. Windier with a longer spell of cloud and rain on Tuesday morning and clear spells with a few showers following through Wednesday. Merns FM weather with Ace Competitions. Head over to acecompetitions.co.uk or find Find us on Facebook and Instagram for more information. Merns FM Weekend, sponsored by Ace Competitions. Win life-changing prizes, cars, cash, luxury holidays and more with Ace Competitions. Starting at just 25 pence an entry, we have something for everyone. Ace Prizes, Ace Prices, 
Ace Odds. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or enter online now at www.acecompetitions.co.uk. All participants must be 18 years or over. BeGambleAware.co.uk. Welcome to this worship service, provided by Abuthnut, Bervey and Kniff Church. If you would like to find out more about us, or support us in our ministry, then you can search for us online, on Facebook and on YouTube by searching for ABK Church. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you. Welcome you here to Burby Church. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Andrew and I have the great privilege of being the minister here. Um, many of you are, are regulars and we've got um, certainly a big bunch here this morning as we celebrate um, the baptism of Teddy um, here in our midst. And so welcome if you're family and friends of Teddy, whether you've come to church regularly and this is your first time here or you've uh, never been to church before in your life, um, we pray and we hope that uh, you know God's blessing with you and among you. Feel free to join in with as much as you feel able to do so. We simply talk to God in the same way that you and I might talk to friends or loved ones. And we're going to close with a prayer that Jesus taught his friends to say. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And if you want to join in, again, the words will appear on the screens at that time. Let us pray. Gracious and everlasting God, we thank you for the goodness of a new day. 
We thank you that you're the God who is forever with us. That each and every moment of our lives from conception to death, you are there surrounding us with your great and awesome love. We thank you for your love here today, here in this place as we come together to worship you. Those who come to this church week after week, those who have perhaps never been here before. But together, whoever we are, whatever our background, we pray we might know your closeness and your love and your grace in our lives. Father, from the youngest to the oldest, might we know what it is to be loved and treasured by our almighty God, who has loved us with an everlasting love, who formed the whole universe and yet calls us the pinnacle of his creation. So Lord, we pray that we would know your goodness here in this place. Father, we thank you that you are the God who forever is with us, the God who is forever kind and generous to us. And we thank you for all the blessings of life that we've experienced this week, all the things that made us laugh and smile, that filled our hearts with joy. And we pray that you would give us many more of these as we worship you this morning. Particularly, we pray for the Newman family as they bring Teddy for baptism. And together might we know that you're the God who loves us with an everlasting love. A God who calls us all to know you and to follow you through all the days of our life. Might that be especially true for Terry, that one day he will come to know you as his Lord and Saviour. And for anyone who doesn't yet know you in this way, Lord, might it be here in this place that you draw them to yourself, that you bring them into your family as a child of God, and that they would leave this place transformed and renewed, having encountered the living God. So bless us in all of these things and more we ask. For we pray together in Jesus' name and in his words he taught us to say. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. One of the great privileges of being a minister is that I get to be with people at all stages of life. We do funerals when folk pass away. We have weddings when folk are married. And we also have the joys of baptism. Um, as children are born into the world and um, families want to bring them to um, be before God and say thank you for this child and they want God's blessing upon this child. But I recognise that for many of us who might not know what baptism is or we've not experienced one for a long time and so I want to um, just share a little bit about why we do this. The Lord Jesus Christ after his resurrection, after he died and was risen back to life, before he went into heaven, he said these words to his friends. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what's the meaning of baptism? Why do we do this? Well, in the Old Testament, before Jesus came along 2,000 years ago, God was pleased by his grace to find a people and say, You are mine. No one deserved to be part of God's family, but he says, I adopt you. I make you into my beloved children. All people are loved by God. Everyone you know, everyone that I've ever known has been loved by God. But these people in particular knew a special nearness and relationship with God. 
In the same way, you might love your work colleagues or other folk in the world, but you love your own immediate family in a way that no one else gets to experience. God said, I will be your God, and you will be my children throughout all the generations. That promise was given to Abraham, a man who followed God, and it was sealed by a promise and a sign of that promise that God would remain their God. That sign was circumcision. But with the arrival of Jesus, that promise was no longer restricted to one people, but God flung wide the gates. And he says, all people are welcome to know me and follow me. All are welcome to know my love through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour and Lord. Circumcision was done away with. Baptism took its place. And it was given to us that we might be assured that not only we, but our children are part of this promise that God will be our God and our children's God too. The child who's baptised is seen as in the family until and unless that child comes to a point in their life where they say, I no longer want to be in God's family. They're in unless they choose to be out. Jesus goes back to heaven. And later on, a few weeks later on, Peter, a follower of Jesus, preaches a sermon and says, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and your sins will be forgiven. And then he says, This promise is not only for you, but for your children and for all who are far off, all who the Lord will call. A little, little later on, the, one of the writers in the Bible says that children, in 1 Corinthians, he writes to this church and he says that children of Christian parents are somewhat different from children of non-Christian parents. Those children are holy children. They're promised by God to be different. And then a number of times in the Bible after Jesus, when someone is baptised, not only were they baptised, but it says their whole family, their whole household was baptised. And back then you didn't have one or two kids, you often had nine, ten living kids. There were probably hundreds of kids that were baptised at this time. So in the same way that we baptise our children, that they might benefit from baptism, all that it points to. Water washes away the dirt and the grime of the body, and we trust that the blood of Jesus, as we trust in his death and resurrection for us, it washes away the stains of sin in our soul. And so the water that we're about to baptise Teddy with is not magic water. Teddy does not get some free pass into heaven, but we pray that the Lord God in his own time will bring Teddy to a living faith in Jesus. And for all of us, it's a chance for us to reflect. Teddy's the one to be baptised today, but many of us have been baptised as children, or in my case as a teenager, and all of us have a chance to reflect. Are we growing into our baptism? Are we choosing to put Jesus first in our lives? Our parents maybe make promises for us, or we made promises for ourselves as teenagers or adults. Are we growing into our baptism? Are we trusting in Jesus and becoming more and more like him? So with that, we invite Laura and Chris and Teddy uh, up the front. So Chris and Laura, as you bring Teddy here today, in light of the promises of scripture that we just read, it's your duty as parents to profess your faith in Jesus and to make provision at every stage of Teddy's life for instruction in the Christian faith, and especially that need for Teddy to trust in Jesus as Saviour and Lord. So a couple of questions for you. In presenting Teddy for baptism, do you now profess in your faith in God as your Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ, his Son as your Saviour, and the Holy Spirit present in your life as guide and helper? Do you promise to teach Teddy what the Christian faith is and what it requires of those who love the Lord? And do you promise that by your prayers, your teaching, and your own example, 
to bring Teddy up in the care and the keeping of the Lord and within the fellowship of the church. May the Lord bless you and help you to keep these promises you've made. Before we baptise, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you keep your covenant promises with your people. And you've promised that not only will you be our God, but the God and Father of our children also. And the hope and the strength of that promise, we bring Teddy before you. And thank you for this promise and sacrament of baptism given to us by Jesus as a sign and seal of your grace. And as you've called us to the fellowship of your church, may it please you to bless with your spirit and receive Teddy into your eternal family as a child of God. As we baptise him according to your word, we pray that in time you'd be kind to him and you'd call Teddy to put his faith in Jesus, cause him to be born again of the Holy Spirit, to confess him as his only God, and Jesus as his Saviour and Lord. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. child belongs to God in Christ. So from this day on we accept and recognize Teddy as one of our church family. There will always be a place for him here amongst the people of God. And so tell Teddy of his baptism. Reveal to him the promises of God so that he may know that he is baptized and as he grows may his own response and faith and love may make that promise and may time come that he will trust in Jesus as his saviour. So you who are gathered here, whether you're part of our family regularly or not, you represent the people of God. And so I've got a couple of questions, or a question for you and a response after that. So I'll say these words here and there's a response on the next slide. Do you welcome Teddy and do you renew your commitment with God's help to live before all of God's people in a way that reflects the love and glory of God and share with them the gospel and the love of Christ? We do. We will nurture one another in faith, uphold one another in prayer, encourage one another in service. Please take a seat. We're going to pray again. Let us pray. Loving Father, we rejoice at your good news, that you're a God who calls us into your presence and into your family. We declare that as your church, we've heard your good news and trusted in Jesus. And we thank you for this family for Laura and Chris and for little Teddy. We thank you that you have journeyed with them and we pray that you'll continue to journey with them each and every day. Lord, we ask again that in time, Teddy's eyes will be open to the good news of Jesus, that he will come to trust in the power of the cross and the empty tomb. Guide and guard Teddy all of his days. May your love hold him, your truth guide him, your joy delight him. Bless Laura and Chris. Help them to provide a secure and happy home. 
Bless them with wisdom and courage, laughter and peace, and a love that endures all things. Give them fervent prayers, deep faith, and help them to walk with you all the days of their life. And we ask a blessing upon us all, that you will encourage us in our faith, strengthen us as we walk with you, and open our eyes again to the good news of Jesus. Send your Holy Spirit upon us all, we pray, in Jesus' name. We're going to sing um, two songs now. Um, first, we're going to sing uh, a song that, again, the family chose for us. Um, Laura and Chris sometimes take Teddy next door to the Living Rooms Church um, midweek for um, what's called Mainly Music, where it's a chance to gather for their parents and, and children and toddlers, sing some songs and have fun together. And uh, one of the songs that we sometimes sing there is a song called God Made Me. And so we're going to sing that. And then after that, we're going to sing a song called Build Your Kingdom Here. What I should say is that after the first song, um, our youngsters are going to head next door through to Sunday school. If you've brought your kids with, us, with you today, um, at that point you're very welcome to take your kids through. If you want to stay with your kid, you're very welcome to. If not, we've got folk who um, trained to look after kids and went through all the safety and procedures, etc. And they'd happily look after your kids for this service. Or they can stay in here, whatever you want. But if you want to take them through, you're very welcome to do so. But we'll be standing to sing a couple of songs, God Made Me, and then Build Your Kingdom Here.
Please take a seat, sorry. Um, we're going to read a couple of bits from the Bible, from the scriptures, from God's message to us. Um, Sheila's going to come up and read them for us. And again, the words will appear on the screens. First reading is from Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to verse 15. So from 8 to 15 in Romans 10. But what does it say? And the it there means the Bible, the word of God. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The second reading is from Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. And it's called the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. I recognise there'll be many here this morning who are not normally with us, so I just want to let you know what, we're, what we've done and what we're um, doing over the few weeks. Well, for the last few weeks we've been exploring um, what it is to be a disciple, someone who follows Jesus and who wants to live their life in following after Jesus. Kind of, I've been describing it in terms of Jesus being a teacher and we're the pupils, or Jesus being a master and we're the apprentices. The teacher, after all, if you're a teacher, you've tried to teach your children in your care to know stuff that you already know, so that one day they won't need a teacher anymore, but they'll be able to go and do it, that one day they might even grow up and be a teacher themselves, same with a master or an apprentice, that one day they will no longer be apprentice, but they know what they're doing. They too could have pupils under them in time to come. Being a disciple is that, learning more from Jesus and becoming more like him. This morning I've had the pleasure of welcoming Teddy into the family of God. And when we baptise infants or young children, in accordance with their traditions and their understanding of the scriptures, we don't just baptise with water and that's the end of the story. Rather, those who bring their child to baptism, parents or guardians, make promises on that child's behalf. Until the time comes, we pray and we long that that child will one day take hold of those promises for themselves. No longer will this be about what mum and dad might have said, but this is what I believe too. Parents, if they bring their child for baptism, make a promise before the congregation 
but they long that their child wouldn't just become to church on a Sunday, but become part of God's family. That their child would make a conscious decision one day to know and follow Jesus personally. That their child would trust in Jesus as their Saviour and Lord. They make a promise with God's help to help their child to come and to know and follow Jesus one day in time. And while parents make that promise, I want to bring my child to know Jesus, the passage that we read, particularly the second one from Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is inviting, in fact, commanding that those who know him and follow him make similar promises. Not about raising any children we might have to know Jesus, but to help all people, family members, friends, neighbours, colleagues, strangers, to have an opportunity to experience and know the goodness of Jesus for themselves. That's what we're looking at today. If you're a Christian today, you're the best gift you have, and you get to offer it to others. For many of us, though, when we think of evangelism, that's what it might be called, we become uncomfortable at the thought of that. It's a challenge. It's a, it makes us feel, it makes us quiver in our boots. Sometimes it's easy to make Christianity a quaint little private thing. Sing the songs that we like on a Sunday. Come into church without having to speak to anyone we don't want to. Go home and that's the end of the story. But Jesus doesn't let us away with that. He calls us to something bigger and greater and more wonderful than just turning up to church Sunday by Sunday. He says, let your life be changed. So I want to make three quick statements from the passage we read, the second one, that might help us this morning. The first is this. Jesus makes a claim that only he can make. Here's the claim he says. He comes to his friends and he says to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Think about what he just said there. If you said that to your friends or your colleagues tomorrow at the workplace, they would phone the police and get you sectioned. I believe that every star, every planet, every cell, every force of, of gravity in the whole universe, I am king or queen and lord over all of it. That's what Jesus says. Everything in all creation, everything that's ever existed, he says I'm in charge of. No human would make that claim, but Jesus does. If you ever wondered why would Jesus be thought of as crazy, that's why Jesus thought people thought Jesus was crazy. He says time and time again, I am king and lord over, all, over everything. He says the whole Bible is about him. That God had promised that he would come into the world for hundreds of years. Jesus says, I have authority over the storms and he calms the storm. He defeats the demons. He tells blindness and leprosy and lameness, get away with you. Let his people live with fullness of life once more. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the light, not only of a people, but the whole world. I am the good shepherd, the bread who gives life to all, the gate that people must go through, the king of the kingdom. Now, many of you here this morning might be coming just simply because you love Teddy and the Newman family. You love them and you want to celebrate this new life and the joy that Teddy has brought to Laura and Chris. Maybe, though, you have no real connection to the Christian faith. You're already bored stiff. You don't get the baptism stuff. You don't understand about Jesus and why we sing and gather in churches Sunday by Sunday. Or maybe you have come to church for decades, but you still don't understand it all yet. Well, friends, whatever the reason you're here this morning, whatever you thought about Jesus when you came in this building today, I want for you to meet the real Jesus. For when you truly meet him, when you meet him for all that he is and all that he's done for you, you'll find a saviour for sinners, a friend to the lonely, one who gives you peace in your troubled conscience and so on. You'll understand why people worship him, why they sing to him, why they praise him as the Lord of everything. 
So when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, he's not kidding. He's saying the truth. It's a claim that no one but Jesus can make. Secondly, Jesus gives a command that only Jesus could give. He says that statement and then he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because I have authority, go therefore and baptize people of all nations and let them know what it is to follow after me. Go and tell the world, the whole world, that God will forgive and reconcile sinners to himself through Jesus. That's the good news that we believe. That though we are crooked and messed up and apparently unfixable, the good news is, is that though we've rejected God, God has not given up on us. He loves us with a pursuing passion. He comes to us and speaks to us because God loves to save. And Jesus, what's he call us to do? Make disciples. To bring people to know him and follow him and love him. To be turned upside down, to be transformed inside out. And if you're thinking this morning, I wonder if this minister is trying to convert me. True, that's what I want to do. I want you to meet Jesus if you don't already know him. I want you to find him as your love of your life, your hope of your soul. I want you to be changed by Jesus. Why? Because it's good news for me, good news for you too. Telling people about Jesus is all about telling Jesus about, Jesus about how he's Lord of law all that when you meet Jesus, you realise you're at a crossroads. I either get to follow him and submit my life to him, or I can reject him and go my own way. If you're a Christian here today, you get to tell people good news. That there's a God who loves you, a God who wants to change your life and turn it upside down and give you everlasting life. I wonder though if there's a tendency within our own kind of church culture and churches like this that have been around for hundreds of years, to hear the statement of Jesus and interpret it differently. We hear go and make disciples, we interpret it as get bums on pews. That's fine, but that's not the whole story. Jesus doesn't just say, get folk into your Sunday morning worship or run a charity called a church. He says, go and make people followers of Jesus who build their whole life upon this guy who's turned upside down their life. Not about ticking a box in Christian in a census, but someone whose life is turned upside down. If you don't know me, I, I, I wasn't always a Christian. My parents aren't Christian. In fact, my parents are staying with us this weekend and they're not here this morning because they're not Christian. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, but I came to know Jesus as a teenager and it changed my life. I was the worst behaved kid in a school of 400, went to the doctors from age three because I was so badly behaved, bullied everyone, and yet I loved Jesus because Jesus changed my life. And I can tell the story of many people here who have the exact same kind of story. If you're here this morning, and you're the person that might just be like that, who would say, I'll take Christian in a census box, but I'll never go near a church. I'll never follow Jesus. I'll never pray. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not condemning you. But I want to push you. Do you think Jesus asks you just to turn up to church once in a blue moon, to take Christian in a census box, but never change your life? I'm not sure he does. The most important thing Jesus ever says about being a disciple was this. Whoever does not bear their own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In our culture, we often use the word or the phrase bearing a cross to mean, oh, I've got a tough thing to do. Oh, my cross is I've got to fill in a bit of paperwork for the boss tomorrow at work. That's not what Jesus meant. Or it doesn't even mean bereavement or sickness or poverty. It means saying goodbye to the old life, 
my old life of envy and strife, of jealousy, anger, pride and selfishness, and turning to Jesus, they can give me a new, fresh start. Everything about me, completely brand new. Jesus says, turn away from the old, turn to me instead, and I give you a new life. Now, if you're wondering, what is this good news about Jesus? Let me explain it. The gospel, the good news, has four parts to it. The first is this. You need to know that God loves you. The Bible says that the God who made the whole universe, who made you in your mother's womb, has always loved you. He made you to experience fullness and blessing, joy and love through being in relationship with him. There's never been a moment in your life, not even one when you did the worst thing possible, that God has not loved you. Or your neighbour, or your friend, or your colleague, or your enemy. God loves us all. You're loved by God. Good news, but that's not the whole news. There's also some bad news amongst it all too. The bad news is that you and I and those sitting around you this morning and everyone else that you know and love have all fallen short of God's perfect, perfect standards. We've been disobedient creatures. We've gone astray. Chosen to make ourselves kings or queens of our life rather than God. We've rejected what he calls us to do. The Bible calls it sin. And it's kind of like driving a wedge between you and God and it creates a chasm between God's perfect life and God's perfect standards and us. And that leads us to separation and eventual death, far from him and his goodness. That's bad news. That's not the end of the story, though, thankfully. There's good news again. We were deserving of death. But remember point one, that God loves you. God loves you so much he would not want you to be in that predicament. So he sends Jesus. He comes from heaven to earth in the person of Jesus to live a perfect life for 30-something years. And he dies upon a cross. That was no accident. That was God's plan. He chose to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. Ministers mess up too. The curse that was mine, Jesus says, I'll take it, not Andrew. He doesn't have to die forever. I'll die in his place. And he does that for you too. Jesus loves you and me with an unstoppable love. He takes the torment of death upon himself. Three days later though, God raised him from the dead. So death is vanquished. Our sins are paid for. All the power of sin and death that thought they could win, no, no chance. Jesus lives and is king and lord over all. He's still the good shepherd, still the saviour. So three things to know. God loves you. You've messed up against God and it's driven a wedge between you and God that you cannot repay. But Jesus died to give you everlasting life. I said there's four parts. What's the fourth? It's not a thing to know, but it's a thing to answer. What will you do with this information? Through his unfolding plans and purposes, God wants to give us a new life. If you don't know any other part of the Bible, you might know these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For many in our culture, we stop at that. We kind of go, well, Jesus is alive, fine. People go to church, fine. We know the words, we know the phrases, but it's not changed our heart. I wonder if you're ready to make that choice, to trust in Jesus. So what's the good news? The good news is that even though you rebelled against God, God did not give up on you, but he sent Jesus to live and die and rise again for you. And you get to accept him and follow him and let your life be changed by him. Have you accepted it? Maybe that's the first time you've heard that good news. You thought Christianity was all about a social club that gathers on Sundays to sing old hymns, read an old book, 
and gather in an old building. Now, some of that might be true. It's an old building. We sing some old songs. We read an old book. And we, we get together as friends. But it's so much more than that. It's good news worth sharing. Someone described Christianity like this. One beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. In other words, a beggar on the street says to another beggar, Hey, a friend, I'm no better than you. I've messed up too. I'm just as poor and struggling in life as you. But I found out where there's bread that can give us life that will not, will not die. We'll have life because I found the bread. Would you like to know where I can find it and where you too can too? And that's what Christians, I'm no better than you. I've messed up. I messed up this morning. I'll mess up this afternoon and I'll mess up tomorrow. All of us mess up. I've just found good news and I want to share it. That's all it is. Good news worth sharing. Come and find a, come and have your lifetime of sins against God forgiven. Good news. Realise that death need, need no longer be the end. Good news. There's a home of peace, of justice, of joy and of life forever. Good news. Reason, find the reason that you were born, that God made you. Good news. Come and find rest for your souls, peace in the storms, a refuge for your life. Good news. Come and realise that the God who made you loves you. That he makes you his child and he gives you blessings. Good news. All good news if you let it work in your heart. That's what Teddy has been baptised into today. Good news that we pray he will come to trust in himself in time. Now one very quick, one final point. Jesus gives a comfort only he can give. All this talk of inviting others to find Jesus and find friendship with God makes us tremble, perhaps. We're anxious. What will others think of us? We're scared we'll say the wrong thing. Nervous we'll mess it up. Or if we've not come to know Jesus but we want to, we're thinking, but will God accept me? If that's you, you're in good company. All the folk in the New Testament after Jesus were scared like that too. When Jesus died, the disciples were scared, petrified. They bolted the door. They were scared that they were going to be next on the cross. And many new Christians throughout the centuries have always been scared. Will God love me? Will he accept me? I've done this and I've done that. No one could love me. God loves you. Jesus comes to his friends and he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You might think that you're scared. You might think that I wouldn't love you. Oh, but I do love you. Jesus has got your back. If you're not a Christian today and you realise this is all true, turn to Jesus. Know his grace and mercy are with you and that you too can be with him forever. And if you are a Christian, know that Jesus goes before you as you want to share your faith with those faltering and fumbling words. Know too that you're loved. Seek the peace and strength of Jesus as you love him, follow him and serve him. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you're a God who does not give up on us. But you're the God who loves each and every person here today. You love all of our family members, our friends, our neighbours, our colleagues. And we thank you, God, that you do not want to leave us in a predicament. But you want to rescue us. And adopt us as your children. And fill us with blessings innumerable. Here in this life and in the life to come. Lord, I pray for anyone who doesn't yet know you that you will speak to them in the depths of their soul that will come to repent and trust in you and that one day all of us would find ourselves seated at the banquet table of heaven surrounded with joy and blessings that we could not begin to even imagine today Lord fill us with hope 
as we share the good news of others. Help us to walk with you and your peace in our lives. For we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing again. This time we're going to sing a song called I Will Offer Up My Life. Good morning, everyone. Uh, let us pray. Wonderful and amazing Father, your abundant love just cover us and fill us up. And may we share this love with all we come in contact with. We thank you for all your blessings, the church we worship in, the food that we eat, the family and friends you've given us, and this earth you've created for us to look after. You've made us perfect. Psalm 139.14 says, I praise you because I'm faithfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that fully well. And Lord Father, we know that your works are wonderful. You've also said in Jer Jeremiah 1 verse 5 that, before I form you in, this, in, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. 
I thank you, God, for the purpose and the unique plan you have for each of us, for each individual, even including Teddy, who is being baptized today. There is so much going on in the world today. There's wars, there's sicknesses, selfishness, death, debauchery. We pray for the courage to be the people who you call us to be. People who will seek justice and peace. Sometimes we struggle with the answers and there seems to be, sometimes we struggle with the questions and there seems to be no answers or problems that feels like there's no solution. Provide us with that comfort that we reside in the knowledge that you are the answer and you are the solution. We release our burdens for you to carry, freeing us up to live in your purpose, that we can just trust that you will care and look after us, and you will provide the answers and solutions. I pray for the leaders of this world, that they would make decisions that are not only beneficial to them and their country, but to all the nations. I ask that you encourage everyone living on this earth to look after it, instead of destroying it, that we take care of this land, we take care of the, the animals that you put in our care. You are sovereign and in control, and you will give us what we need to do so. Lord Father, I also pray for those who are sick, suffering, lonely, misguided, or just in the need of your presence. We ask that you would touch them with your healing with your guidance, with your peace. And Lord Father, I also pray that you can put a spotlight on the areas in our life that needs improving, in areas that, where we could just be better. Lord Jehovah, I pray for your forgiveness. Help us to do things that are pleasing to you and to help one another. Lord, for the confidence and joy and hope we have because we walk daily with you, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. We sing our closing hymn together, Christ Triumphant, Ever Reigning.
blessing of God from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. FM News.